episode here at Supernatural Confessions Podcast, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myth, urban legends, superstitions, or even the unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platforms. You may reach out to us through our Facebook page or website, supernaturalconfessions.com And you are also invited to join us every Friday night on our Facebook Live where Eugene, the founder of Supernatural Confessions and I host a weekly live show discussing all about the supernatural. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm Kim, your host, and now on to the show. Today we're going to kick off our episode with a story entitled Offended a Spirit During Seven Months Confession, it's by Lo Hua and The narration is done by Brian Chong When you were younger, our elderly would always tell us not to do silly things during the seventh month of Lunar Calendar which is the Hungry Ghost Festival When we were younger, we would always ask why This story will tell you exactly why. Have a listen. I accidentally offended a wandering spirit when I was around 9 or 10 years old. One evening, my mother asked me to go to the nearby Minimart to buy some groceries. It was a 7-month Hungry Wars festival at the time. People were burning hell notes as offerings. On the way home, for some reason, I failed to see a pile of burnt hell notes and ashes and I accidentally stepped right into the big pile of the burnt notes. I was shocked and I wasn't sure what to do. Stupidly, I didn't apologize and thought spirits didn't exist and just went home. That very night, I started having a high fever and kept vomiting. My family thought I must have eaten some school canteen food that had gone bad. So they took me to the doctor and I was given medication and an MC. My fever didn't go away and I still kept vomiting. I went to the doctor many times and all of them couldn't diagnose what was wrong with me and prescribed the same type of medication. By then, one week had passed and I was getting weaker. I also couldn't sleep well during this time and had a dream of someone scolding me but I couldn't see the person and understand what he or she is saying. One day, my aunt came by to visit and after hearing about my condition, she suggested to take me to a medium for consultation. She referred us to this elderly auntie. I vaguely remembered that she stayed in Simei. The moment the medium saw me, she spoke in a dialect and said something which translated to Ah, it lah. I wasn't very clear and had forgotten about the incident. The medium asked, did you step on some offerings? My first reply was, no, I didn't. She then asked me to think again before I answered and slowly I recalled and told her that yes, I did, but it wasn't on purpose. I was careless and I didn't see the notes. Satisfied with my answer, she then explained to my mom that I stepped on the spirit's hand while I was picking up the hell money. I was shocked. What was more shocking to me was when she said that the spirit was angry with me and followed me home 
He tried to enter our house, but couldn't. We are Taoists and we had the Guanning talisman on our door, so it just continued to weaken me and make me ill. She used the brush deep in red ink to draw a prayer on my back and chest. She instructed me to be careful and not to wash it off for at least three days when I cleaned it myself. The medium gave us some paper dolls, hell notes and some prayer offerings and instructed my mom on what to do to appease the spirit. I found it amazing and creepy. She told us to go under our block and that there was this one tree right outside my window. I stayed at the ninth floor back then and said that the spirit was waiting there. While mom was burning the offerings, I apologized to the spirit sincerely while holding the joysticks. I prayed for forgiveness. Next, I was instructed to turn back and walk to the lift without turning my head to look back no matter what, or else all the efforts would be wasted. My elder sister had to hold on to my head as I walked back. When I reached home, I started to be able to eat again without puking, and my fever started to subside. I had no more nightmares, and by the next day, I felt like things had gone back to normal. From then on, I strongly believed that beings from the netherworld do exist. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website Supernatural Confessions Remember You are not alone And the next confession It's by Chan Chin Leong Posted in our AC private group It must be the Hantu in Facebook This is another story that is related to the Hungry Ghost Festival or the 7th month of Lunar Calendar and also somebody that is young and doesn't believe in what the elderly forbid us to do. This story was one of my real encounter. I really saw it with my own eyes. Until now, I still remember the image clear enough. This incident happened in the year 1995 in the middle of 7th month the Hungry Ghost Festival. I invited my girlfriend, which is now my wife, out for dinner and we planned to watch a movie after that. She told me that her mum forbid her to go out during the night. After much persuasion, we managed to go out. And only later, I found out that her family has this special taboo. No one is allowed to go out at night unless they need to work. However, somehow, she was permitted to go out with me after she had asked her dad to help, but with one condition. She must be back before 11pm. Being a young man at the time, I was a pretty stubborn boy. And frankly speaking, I do not believe that ghosts actually exist. I remember making fun with her, jokingly saying about how superstitious her family was, and I even told her if ghosts really exist, ask them to look for me, so on and so forth. But that night, I did manage to send her back home before 11pm. But I did stay for a while at her place and spend time with her family members for some tea. As I was about to go back, it was then about 12 midnight to about 1 in the morning. I took my bike and I went to a patrol station and did some top up. I also 
briefly clean my bike before going back home. So on my way back from the petrol station to my home, suddenly on my left, I saw a sport bike speeding pretty fast from a small pathway along a hospital. I shall not name the hospital here, but at that time I thought to myself, small pathway with such a speed, probably the guy like midnight racing, just like me. So I tried to catch up with the guy, hoping that I could invite him for some friendly race. Having a 400cc Kawasaki racer bike, anyone who ever owned that bike should know that the bike can actually ramp up some top speed at any moment once the engine is heated enough. I remembered I honked him a few times, but still, there was no response from him, so I picked up my speed and hoping that I could chase after him to ask for a race. And to my surprise, it seems like I could not even catch up with him even to the speed of 120 to 130 km per hour at this time. The distance between us seems to be roughly about the same. It doesn't matter whether I have picked up my speed or even lowered down my gear. The gap in between us never changed. Then it hit me. What I saw was totally out of the world. The person, or whatever I saw that night, wasn't riding a sport bike. It was actually the NPP bicycle. The white bicycle which the police officers used to ride in neighborhood police counties. I don't know if some of you still remember. The thing that I saw was riding a white bicycle with the speed as fast as 120 to 130 km per hour. But then I knew I was in deep trouble. I didn't know what to do. All I knew was to get out of there as quickly as I could. Hence, I took the first junction exiting the road that I was at so that somehow I wasn't on the same road with the entity. I still remember I kept checking on my mirror to see whether the thing was behind me once I exited the expressway. But luckily, somehow I managed to go home. So the next day, I told my mother about this and she brought me to a temple for some ritual. But three days after that, I had an accident. Same place, same junction of where I seen the entity riding the white bicycle. Coincident? I do not know. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they will discuss dissect and go deeper in details on your confession and I'll be waiting for you there. Next confession is entitled The Cabbie's Advice to a Pregnant Woman and the story is by Nurul Nuriel and is narrated by Rose and also inside we feature a special uncle's voice. Can you guess who is it?
This incident happened back in 2016 when I was about 8 months pregnant with my son. I worked at MBFC Tower 3 and had just finished work at around 5pm. Being heavily pregnant, I frequently took Uber home and on that particular day, I got myself an Uber pool. So I got into my Uber pool ride and there was another female passenger sitting at the back with me, headed towards Pasiris 2. The driver was a Malay uncle and as I got into the car, he just said that he will drop the other lady first before me. The entire ride towards Pasiris was a smooth and a really silent one. But I don't know why, I just kept noticing the pakcik looking through the rearview mirror and we did make a couple of eye contact throughout the ride. After he dropped off the first passenger, he started making conversations with me. He asked how far along I was in the pregnancy, whether it's a baby boy or a baby girl, and just a couple of questions related to my pregnancy. Then. The strange part came. He asked, Girl, is your mother still around? I found the question a bit odd, but the first thing I thought was, maybe this pakcik is single and wants to try his luck to see if my mom was single too. I said, yes, she is around. Why? And then he said, Pakcik just want to share with you something, huh? I hope you don't get angry lah, jangan marah. It's up to you if you want to believe or not. But I just need to tell you this. When I came to pick you up, I saw something with you. It was following you. I replied, Something? What is that thing? He said, Have. That something is a woman with long hair. I saw her and she was with you, following you, even into the car. Then after a while, she just disappeared. I didn't want to say anything earlier because there was another passenger and I didn't want to scare her. I was stunned. I didn't know how to respond and I just said, Oh, okay. Maybe that was why he kept looking at the rearview mirror. Because he saw that thing. Then, the pakcik said, Why I ask about your mother is because I think you should get her advice lah on how she can protect her daughter. Because you're pregnant, your blood is sweet. These entities are attracted to pregnant women. Some people carry sharp objects with them in their bags, like nails or small scissors. Because these spirits are all afraid of sharp objects. Maybe it's something you want to consider for your own safety lah. But I think it's best that you check with your mother what's really best for you. I said, Okay, Pakcik, I'll check with her. I wasn't sure what to feel, think, or even say. He sounded really serious, yet caring and concerned. As we were reaching my block, he apologised. He said, I'm sorry, Ade. I just had to say these things to you. I needed to tell you so that you know and can take good care of yourself. I'm really sorry once again. I hope you're not offended or upset with me, huh? Please take good care of yourself and don't go out late at night. And always close your windows in the evening. I replied, It's okay, Chi. I understand. 
Thank you for sharing this with me. I will speak to my mother about this and get her advice. I left the car feeling terrified. I called my mother right away and I told her about the whole encounter. And my mother tried to convince me that it was all nothing and that the pakcik was just trying to scare me. Well, I must say that in my family, we don't believe or practice carrying sharp objects in our bags to ward off these things. We stick to saying and reading our prayers. Till today, the whole incident still puzzles me when I get reminded of it and I don't know if it was real. Was it true that the pakcik claimed to have seen the lady with long hair? Or was he just trying to mess with me? Listening to Supernatural Confessions. Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. I bet taxi drivers or Grab Uber drivers has a lot of this kind of experience, especially if they have been in the industry long enough. So I went to dig for another story that is actually related by KB drivers. So here is a story by Tina Mercury de Costa. She's not a KB, but she rode in a cab that has a story. And here is the story. As Singaporeans, working late is nothing new, especially if you have a tight deadline. This incident happened about 9 years ago when I was working at Robinson Road. It was already 10.45pm and I just sent out my last email to our client overseas who was waiting for the email and I was ready to go home. The place has quieted down, but there are still a few people waiting for taxis and some heading toward Laubasa. I then halted a taxi and told him my address. The driver, a Mr. Singh, maybe in his 60s, looked at me with eyes wide open. He stammered, Madam, are you for real? I was quite tired and a little agitated, so I said, of course I'm real. It's been really just a long day and I just want to get home. He said, okay then started the engine. Every 10 or 15 minutes along the way, he would look at me through the mirror. So out of curiosity, I asked him, Mr. Singh, is there a problem? This is when he told me his story. Last night, about this time, I was flagged by a lady near Tang Road Hindu Temple, who looked a lot like you. She said to send her to Tiong Baru, near the wet market. She was very quiet and seemed a little sad, but Again, it was none of my business, so I didn't ask much, and I kept my eyes on the road. Through the mirror, I can see that she is quite pale and just kept looking down. So, I felt a little uneasy. As we approached Tiong Maru, I casually said that we are almost there. But the uneasy feeling, the goosebumpy feeling now increased. As we approached the block she wanted to go to, I noticed there was a Chinese wake, which is nothing uncommon in Singapore as I've been driving for 20 plus years. I've seen quite a lot. When we arrived, 
She paid her fare and walked towards the wake. Just a few people were there, as I guess because it's already quite late. Something inside of me tell me, follow her. So I put on my hazard lights and walked towards the wake. But that lady earlier on couldn't be seen. That is when a young man, maybe in his 30s, approached me. Hello, do you know my sister? And pointed towards the photo in front of the coffin. That is when my heart almost stopped and I nearly fainted. As I saw the lady's face in the photo, it was the passenger that just got off of my car just now. That is when I immediately took a look at my wallet and I saw the money that she paid me earlier on was actually Hale's notes. I was shocked and speechless. I then started and said, I- I- I'm sorry, I- I'm-, I'm so sorry. And I left as fast as I could. I couldn't sleep that night. I relayed the story to my wife, who then said to offer up prayers for the lady and maybe buy my taxi plat number. Well, I guess somehow she did pay me because today when I check, I actually won second prize. As Tina got off Mr. Singh's car, she said, Thank you for sharing your story, Mr. Singh, but I am not a ghost and my money is real. But if you want, you can also try my office unit number this weekend. But no guarantee. Listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone. And I think we have enough time to have two more confessions to fit into this week's podcast. The next one, it's an incident that happened at Mount Pleasant. And this confession, it's by Muhammad Rosaini, and it is narrated by Brian Chong. This happened in 1999 at the old police academy while I was doing my duty. The staff of the police academy are rostered to do duty after office hours. There were three of us. I was reporting to guard house to ensure that the police academy was in order. It was about 11.30pm when suddenly, a trainee in a Vespa rammed through the main gate. The VC guards on duty ran towards the trainee who by then was lying down on the road. He broke his collarbone still get up and he begged to be let into the guard room. I was pissed off but still needed to tend to the injured trainee. The duty driver was in the guard room and we accompanied the trainee to Tan Tok Seng Hospital in the police van. During the short trip, I started to scold the trainee about his stupid actions but what he said left me speechless. He said, Sir, while riding my bike at Mount Pleasant Road, my bike suddenly became very heavy. Then a taxi behind me kept high beaming at me. He overtook me and pointed behind me. 
I saw a shadow of a lady sitting pillion on my bike, but she sat sideways. The taxi went ahead and I chased him all the way until PIE and I kept riding as fast as I could until I entered the PIE. I thought he was just making up stories to avoid being charged. When it was his turn to be examined by the doctor, he removed his shirt and I saw claw marks extending from his shoulder to his waist. He was admitted to hospital and had to undergo surgery for his broken collarbone. He had a fever for several days. Doctors say it's normal and it's probably due to an infection, but only the trainee and I knew why. I told him to inform his parents and get help. Till today, I avoid Mount Pleasant Road after dark, even if I have to take a longer route. And actually going back to uh, Muhammad Rosaini post again, I actually found a few interesting comments which I will now read out to be included part of the story. This comment is from Michael Scofield. He said, when I was serving my NS in SCDF about 18 years ago, we had one late night exercise and was returning back to the base on the PIE. It was at around 3 or 4 in a group of us and we were seated on a class 3 lorry, sitting MRT style with the sights totally open. Basically, very much like workers in the lorry. Lorry was approaching Wheatley Road near Old PA, Mount Pleasant. We were actually quite eager to see something. After all, had a company of dozen guys, but all of them doze off. Just as the lorry approached the area behind the band, I saw a low white mist enveloping the area near the band. Entering the mist, suddenly, we all can smell a sweet flower-like scent. I was actually excited to share or see if anyone else noticed. But then I realized everyone else is sound asleep. Then I felt uncomfortable, so I pretended to be asleep as well by closing my eyes. Luckily, nothing else came on board on the lorry with you. The next one is from Fami Ismail. He said, I remember the time I was in OC squad back in 1995 to 1996. I was on ADSO duty and I was in my office at the OC squad barracks in block 18 just beside the mess. It was about midnight when the temperature suddenly dropped. My snakes that I kept in my office, which I used for training purposes, suddenly become restless and was moving around like crazy. When I looked out of my window towards the forested area, true enough, I saw that white lady with a baby standing there. It was only several months before that one of my trainees saw her at block 18 one night. The next day, he ran a high fever and went into trance. He was then warded in Toapayo Hospital. So all I can say about Mount Pleasant is, it is indeed an interesting place. Listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you 
are not alone. Okay, now on to our last story for this episode of podcast here on Supernatural Confessions. Last confession is from Tina Anit, and it's about the house that she used to stay in. Although she did not mention whether she moved out of the house or not, but since she said she stayed in past tense, so I hope that she moved out of the house. Six years ago, my family and I stayed in a terrace house in Luoyang View. The house has three stories, and I stayed on the third floor. The first year of staying there was actually quite pleasant. I didn't experience any disturbance. In the following year, things started getting creepy. First incident, I invited my best friend over, and she watched me play video games on my laptop. From the corner of my eye, I noticed she started fidgeting, and when I turned to look at her, she looked very anxious. So I asked if she's okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Just continue playing the game, she answered. So I was like, okay. Then I continued playing, and after a while, she abruptly got up and said, "I have to go." She went off in a hurry without even letting me send her down to the front gate. My best friend is a Catholic, and she wears this cross, also known as a choker. A few days later, she told me that when she was in my bathroom, she noticed her choker had somehow moved towards the back of her neck, which has never happened before. She then moved her choker to the front, and after a while, it moved to the back of her neck again, all by itself. Second incident, I began noticing strange things happening in my bedroom. Sound of papers rustling, light knocking on the walls. And I have a table fan in front of my bed, making strange noises. I thought my fan was broken, so I asked my uncle to fix it. He said there's nothing wrong with my fan. I was very perplexed. My fan is always making strange noises, but then I realized my fan was only making strange noises at night, never in the morning, never in the afternoon, only at night. So I put on my thinking cap and investigate what is making this damn fan so noisy at night. And I swear, when I found out what was making the strange noise, I literally jumped out of fright. The fan apparently emits a strange noise only when the hand is covering it. I thought to myself, how is this even possible? I tried to reason with myself that I was just thinking too much. Incident three, I think at this point it's considered a haunting. I started hearing whispers from my left ear whenever I'm sleeping, and when I wake up, there was no one there. When I'm sleeping, I feel someone touching my left leg, left arm, or the left side of my hair. I notice it's always happening on the left side of my body. I still paid no attention to it in real life and chalk it up to stress. And the final incident is the freakiest one among all. I was sleeping and then all of a sudden I heard a 
coming from my left side. My office chair had moved towards me banging my back. I was so freaked out. I called my mother on the phone. Ma, datang ke atas please? Which translated to, Mum, can you come up please? And my mom answered, Huh? Ada apa? Tak nah, aku takut. Apparently, the mum was scared. Mama, please datang atas sekarang. That is when Tina raised her voice. So my mom eventually came up to my bedroom and I told her everything. She was as freaked out as I was. I asked her if she could sleep next to me and she said no. Then my grandmother said she would sleep in the bathroom with me, so I spent the night with my grandmother. While I was trying to get some sleep, I heard my grandmother coughing and she started coughing even louder. And then she stopped. The next morning, we had a family meeting in the living room to talk about my bathroom's incident. My grandmother told all of us that last night when she was in my bathroom, it felt like her whole body was being squeezed until she couldn't breathe. Then she started praying, and it finally stopped. We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit supernaturalconfessions.com. You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series signing off with Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.